You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Because we care enough about our listeners, Sonny, we decided to do a little expo bonus here for the Kiss Indie Expo that's coming up. A little bit aside from our normal episodes, we'll just do this little bit of a bonus episode that we can throw out for listeners because Growing Up Rock is going to the Kiss Indie Expo, which apparently is the expo to end all expos. Yeah, the the guest list is ridiculous. I mean, how lucky am I? I have never been to a Kiss Expo, and the first two I go to is Vinnie Vincent Return in Atlanta. And then the next Kiss Expo I go to, basically everybody's there except for Paul and Gene, right? It's just like it's an amazing list. And so figured we'd do this bonus episode just to give you an idea who's going to be there. I'm really excited for you guys because I know a lot of my friends are super Kiss fans. And I love Kiss, but not like you guys love Kiss. I can't compare myself to you guys, but... I was fortunate enough to go to the Atlanta Kiss Expo because it was here in my hometown and that was easy enough for me. But I had no intentions really on myself or the Growing Up Rock podcast of traveling to Indianapolis and going to this Kiss Expo. But the guest list just kept growing and growing and growing. And I was like, oh my God. God, man, this is going to be so much fun. And then all of my friends from Podcast Rock City and the Ages of Rock podcast. And, you know, I was just like, okay, it's kind of terrible for grown up rock not to be there and to capture some of this stuff because we had so much of a great time at the Atlanta Kiss Expo. So, Damned if we're not loading up the car and coming to Indianapolis. And I will tell you, this thing is sold out. Like I said, it's an incredible list of guests. But think about this. If it wasn't on Mother's Day and M3 wasn't the week before, they could have probably sold double the tickets that they did sell. Um, and they would have had to get a huge haul. Like we've got podcast friends that are going to the M3 and they had to make a choice between going to the M3 or Kiss Expo. Yeah, and they're super Kiss bands, so I know it was a tough thing yeah. for them. But they're, uh, I assume you're talking about our friends over there at the Potter and Hell podcast. Yeah, Striegel too. Striegel has the same problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And um, you know, the bottom line is it's it's sort of a tradition for uh, Steve Wright and BC and those guys at the Potter and Hell podcast. That is correct. So, want to talk about the list, dude? Let's, yeah. Let's go into this list and talk about some of these folks that are going to be appearing at this expo. Yeah. So this list is in no particular order because we wanted to sprinkle in some songs. So we kind of messed up like the order, I guess, of importance. This isn't a concert bill with, you know, the headliner having the big name and then all the names get smaller. We just kind of randomly toss the list in here. So I will tell you, we will start with the headliner, which is Ace Fraley. Everybody knows Ace. Ace is going to be there both days. Ace is playing live both days. And he's been popping up basically everywhere for a little while. Man, I can't wait to see Ace. I think he's in great shape. He's in great spirits. 
And uh, I will tell you the little bit of exposure I had to him at the Gene Vault experience. Man, people were all over Ace. Like, people love Ace, which is great to see. Yeah, I mean, and Ace being at this thing, along with some of the other guests, too, it just kind of occurred to me, which is, you know, this Indie Kiss Expo is the next best thing, really, to being on the Kiss Cruise this year because I don't know about you. Well, it's a timing thing for you, but for me, there's no way that I can afford, you know, basically close to four grand for a five-day cruise. I just, I couldn't do it. There was no way. And this is really kind of the next best thing because not only do you get Ace, but you get the Kulik brothers. You don't get Gene and Paul. I get it. I understand that. But you get so many other people that are part of this expo. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Yeah, one of your favorite producers, right? You want to play a song? Yeah, Michael James Jackson. Yeah, he's going to be appearing there, and he's done a lot of cool things. Not only has he done the Kiss stuff, but he's done some other cool things. And one of the bands that he produced, although Sonny and I were talking before we jumped on mic, and it turned out really not great for the band, but I still love the album, which is Michael James Jackson produced the debut major label release for Armored Saint in 1984. And I remember I was a big Armored Saint fan before this first record came out because I had heard one of their songs on this like Metal Massacre tape that I had. So I was really looking forward to this album. I was following them in the press and everything. And so when this record came out, I remember I had just started my freshman year at junior college and I got this cassette and cranked it up one night before my uh, class and just jammed the whole record in my uh, cassette deck in my car. And uh, so the song I'm going to play is probably my favorite song off this Armored Saint debut, uh, which is a song called Can You Deliver?
yeah, that's the armored saint that I can stomach. Even Joey Vera, John Bush would tell you that that album was probably a little more commercial than they wanted it to be. I liked it because it was that. After that, Armored Saint got a little too, probably too thrash for me. I don't know if you can call them thrash, yeah, but heavy. for some reason, I just kind of lost interest. Yeah, you and I have talked about it before. You've never been a huge Armored Saint fan, and I, I lost interest somewhere in the middle, but picked it back up. I really liked the last couple of records that they released, and since I've had streaming music, I've gone back and downloaded and streamed some of the records that I missed. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. I really like John Bush's voice and they're just, you know, I dig them. I I don't know any other way to put it. And at one time they were, I mean, people thought they were going to be like as big, if not bigger than Metallica at one point. And there's that Metallica connection where for a long time, you know, Metallica really considered getting John Bush to sing for them instead of James. So there's that whole tie-in with Metallica, but I love the band, so it's cool. I'm looking forward to seeing Michael James Jackson and hopefully getting to talk to him because I think he's got a lot of cool stories. Just him sharing that one door story with uh, you guys over at Podcast Rock City told me that he's probably seen and been part of a lot of really cool things. So, Yeah. So some other guests, uh, Todd Kearns will be there, uh, which, you know, he's in the Bob and Bruce Kulik Brothers Band, and he's also in Slash, and he does a lot of uh, his own solo stuff. So the guy's becoming a cult hero because he can sing those Paul Stanley songs. Bill Starkey will be there, who is the founder of the Kiss Army Lydia Chris uh, shows up to a lot of these things. Peter's first wife, I'm sure uh, she'll bring her book and those kind of things. She usually has some pretty fun stories. The current Kiss drummer and longtime favorite of a lot of a, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, Eric Singer, will be there. Um, which he was at the Gene Simmons Vault thing too. You know, he's a great dude to hang around with. He's kind of the fun guy, very personable, likes the fans. So I think he's going to have a great time being there. So I wanted to play an Eric Singer song, and the song I picked, actually four out of the five members that play on this song will be at this Kiss Expo. It's from the Eric Singer Project in 1998. It's a Jimi Hendrix classic. Let's check out Foxy Lady.
that's cool. Foxy Lady. Foxy Lady actually isn't one of my more favorite Hendrix songs, but I like it. I mean, it's a classic, you know. It's cool with me. I think if I get to meet Eric Singer while I'm there, I'm going to talk to him about Badlands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just be careful because he's been interviewed before. Oh, I love that second Badlands record, <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it's like, uh, I didn't play on that record. I'm going to be honest. The second Badlands record, man, I don't love that record. There's a few good songs on it, but it's the first record that I'm all about. Uh, how much do you know about Carl Cochran? Like the only thing I know is he was in ESP with Eric and he played guitar on that last song I just heard. He's been on some Kiss tribute albums. I don't know a lot else about him. I know Carl Cochran only from the fact that Joe Polo mentioned him. <laughs> okay. I don't know anything yeah. about Carl Cochran. Yeah. I had no, I had no clue who this dude was. I was like, okay, what is this dude's part in history? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just have seen it on a couple of Kiss tribute albums. Uh, our buddy Robert Fleischer will be there, so that's going to be great. Uh, see him again. Roman Fernandez will also be there, and he is Bill Coin's partner. He was Bill Coin's partner, and I guess he's trying to get him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's cool. I mean, I don't know too much about that dude. I don't know a whole lot about a Bill Coin, but it's interesting. Because on that Steve Stevens interview that we uh, just released, you know, Steve Stevens has a bill of coin connection, which we go into. So that's pretty interesting. I would like to learn more about Bill um, just because I think he was a visionary, but I don't know a ton of, of his stuff. Seems like it would be. Does he have a book? I don't know, but I'm not the most avid reader, so I'm not sure. Yeah, it seems like he would make for a really good book if somebody maybe wrote a book on his his life and his story. But, you know, just backing up a minute to Fleischman. So, you know, some of the more recent Vinny interviews that have been coming out because Vinny's been on a, a tear lately. I mean, he's been doing interviews all over the place. And it seems like he's really, really shown a lot of love to Fleischman. So I'm just interested as to whether that whole thing is going to materialize and whether Vinny and Robert will do something together. Maybe not the Vinny Vincent invasion, but maybe just a, a Fleischman uh, Vincent, you know, collaboration. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. And then you wanted to play a Bruce Kulick song, right? Yeah, so some of Bruce's stuff, you know, Bruce going to be there, and I'm looking forward to him playing with Bob and them doing the whole Kulik Brothers thing because, you know, you've heard so much about it, so I'm really looking forward to some of that, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they whip out if they do some different stuff than they did on the Kiss Cruise. But one of the parts of Bruce's career that's a little bit fuzzy for me is some of this stuff that he has done, Union and the BK3 record. I'm not fully versed in that stuff. So I just don't have a real good vision of it. So I've been trying to listen to a little bit more now that I have this streaming thing. And one of the songs that you turned me on to is this a song called I'm the Animal from BK3. And the singer on it is a guy named Tobias, and I think it's pronounced Samet. And this guy is in a metal band called, how do you pronounce that? Ed Guy? Um, I just say it like it reads. Ed Guy. Ed, that's how I'm 
Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it, but this is a band that I found through Spotify and really dug some of their music. It's kind of symphonic metal, but this song that I really fell in love with off that record uh, is just straight ahead metal. So I was listening to some of that stuff. But anyway, this guy, Tobias Samet, uh, is the founder of the rock opera Avantasia. And so he gets together with Bruce on this song called I'm the Animal from the BK3 record released in 2010. Take a listen.
That song rips. Like, that is catchy, memorable. By the way, Eric Singer plays drums on that track. Yeah, that's a good tune, man. I dig that song. I'll dig some of the rest of the stuff on this BK3 record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other folks, so probably the surprise of all surprises on this list is Anton Fig. So the guy just does not come to these things often. He's been so busy in his life with some of the stuff that he's done that I don't really think he pays second attention to Kiss or Fraley's Comet or anything that kind of, that kind of stuff. He just doesn't get involved. And uh, so it's going to be good to see him come back and uh, uh, be available for the Kiss fans because I think people just closetly love Anton Fig because he did so many things for Kiss that we didn't know about really until all the books came out. Yeah, right on. I mean, he's just done a ton of stuff. You know, it's funny. He's kind of a private dude. Like, he's not even, I think when I was doing some research on him, he, he doesn't even have a wiki page. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And uh, he had a, he released an album in, uh, I think it was 2002. It's called Nowhere, uh, it's called Figments. He has a website, I think. I somehow emailed whoever was running that whole contact us kind of thing. And was trying to get a physical copy of the record, and I could not get a physical copy. They're like, just buy it on iTunes. Like, he's just he. I, I think he put it out there just to put it out there, but I don't think he was trying to do anything with it. So, huh. but uh, he's a good guy. Uh, Mark Slaughter is going to be there, which is awesome. And Mark, uh, you know, was at the last Rock and Pod yeah. uh, last year in August, which he was a great guy to hang out with. So he's got some crazy stories. Security will be there in Big John Hart. I don't know if he's going to be protecting everybody or just as a guy who's releasing a book and wants to talk to everybody. I, I think but, I uh, have to take the plunge this time around and get John Hart to do the, the hand over the face thing. Oh, the everybody picture. else has done it. I, I almost feel like I have to. Maybe we should do it together. Like he does both hands. I'm on one side. You're on the other. Yeah, that would be cool. And, and uh, yeah. Post it on our website. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That might yeah, be we'll a good idea. Probably. Yeah. Bobby Rock's going to be there. So, uh, it's great to see him come out. He just finished a book that he is releasing, I think, to the world during the expo. But you can definitely get a pre-copy uh, now on his website. So, And Bobby Rock, uh, he was on Podcast Rock City. We did an interview with him. And uh, really cool guy. I read just a little bit of the book. He doesn't really hold back. He tells it like it is. It's not a smut book or killing anybody. He's even said himself that he was just taking it all in and he's just sharing his story. He's not trying to kill anybody with it. I really enjoyed hearing you guys interview him. I, I, I he, he seemed like a very cool dude. He seemed like somebody I would like to hang out with. So I'm going to try and hang out with him at the Indie Kiss Expo. I'm going to see if him and I, uh, he and I can become fast friends. <laughs> you think that's fair? That's fair. Why not? All right. So we're going to play a song for you. Check this out.
any idea what that song was, Stephen? I do. That's um, our friend, friend of the show, Mr. Bob Kulick. Uh, and the song is called Living on the Edge. And that is from what? Uh, the band Skull. And they released an album in 1991 called No Bones About It. So first of all, it's 1991. This music is about to die off. Second, they don't exactly have a ton of money behind them. But you just heard the song. The vocal is incredible. This album totally got lost in history. It should have sold millions because the entire album has unbelievable melody, unbelievable guitar soloing. Dennis St. James' vocal is incredible. And i just so mad that this is one of those albums that just got lost. Dude, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I know. It just makes me mad. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. To know that Pretty Boy Floyd had a hit, but these guys didn't. Dude, Pretty Boy <laughs> Floyd didn't have no hit. Don't, ki- <laughs> don't kid yourself. <laughs> Just because they had a video on MTV doesn't mean they had a hit. <laughs> All right, so some other artists are going to be there. Brent Fitz. Hey, let me ask you a question. So I know Brenton in uh, Slash and the uh, Conspirators band. I, I get all that. But is Brent also playing in, with uh, Jeremy and, and Phil and those guys in Gene Simmons' band? Yeah, so he's doing that. Okay. He's in Slash. He was in Union, right? He played on Bob Kulik's record. He's in the brother, Kulik Brothers band. Like, he's doing all kinds of triple duty. Yeah, so he's a Nashville guy, right? He plays in the Rock and Roll Residency and and all that. That's uh, he's not a yeah. Vegas guy; he's a Nashville guy. Yeah, I think he's a Nashville guy. Yeah, he normally plays with Jeremy and and Phil and those guys from the Residency and obviously Gene Simmons Band. Now, I would tell you he's very personable. He was at the Bob Kulit listening CD listening party I was at. Shook everybody's hand. Nicest guy. You wouldn't. You would not know cool. he's a rock star. Awesome. Todd Howarth is coming out of a little bit of hiding. I know he's not completely in hiding, but with Four by Fate and um, and his solo stuff, you know, he kind of um, works incognito every once in a while. But uh, he's going to be out there. It's going to be good to see him. Uh, San Diego guy. I think he still lives in San Diego, or he might be in Florida. I'm not sure actually. Um, John Regan's going to be there. I'm looking oh, forward sorry. to John Reagan. Sorry, I'm lo- I didn't mean to interrupt, but I am looking forward to John Reagan. He's done some. He's done a lot of different stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he played on your filthy little mouth. Remember that album, Dave Lee Roth? He played on that album. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of different things. So think about it. We got John Reagan, Todd Howarth. We talked about Ace, and we talked about Anton. So that means we have all of Fraley's Comet, which uh, they're supposed to play together. So that will be incredible. Because the four of them haven't really been together. Uh, I know that Todd and John played with Ace when they were doing a four by fate thing. They played a couple of songs together. I think it was somewhere on the East Coast, but not with Anton. Right. Mm-hmm. So that should be pretty cool. And then. Uh, you think that'll actually you know, happen? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, and then Lita's going to be there. Woohoo. <laughs> Dude, first of all, get get a hold of yourself, and not in that way. So, so Lita is the Lita is the oddball out because there really isn't a kiss connection, is there, with Lita? No, dude, you're, they're stretching it there because that tree goes Vinny, 
to Vinnie Vincent Invasion to Bobby Rock to Lita. Like they're, they're really stringing there. Yeah, because Bobby Bobby <laughs> is the current Bobby's the current drummer in her band, right? Right. And Lita's there basically promoting a guitar, I think, correct? Right, right. So I mean, I'm excited. I, I'm. It's unfortunate she's not playing, but you know, I've I've actually met Lita Ford before. It's been a while, but I let, I met her on a promotional tour of her first record, Out for Blood. Oh, okay. Back in the day, so that'll be interesting. I wish I still had that picture because I want to say I actually took a picture with her, but I haven't seen that picture in ages, and I don't know where it's out. It'll be interesting to to see her for sure, but I'm going to play something off of her Dangerous Curves record. Uh, I think the big hit off this record was Shot of Poison, right? Right. And um, it's got some other really good tunes, but this is sort of a throwback to her first record, in my opinion. It's kind of a rocker, which, of course, you know you're going to get that with me. But Dangerous Curves record was released in 91. And here's an interesting little fact. So she wrote this song with Myron Grombacher. Do you know who that is? No, I don't know who that is. So Myron Grombacher is a drummer, first of all, which, you know, drummers write music, really? (laughs) They get a bad rap. I'm just kidding. But anyway, he is a longtime Pat Benatar drummer. He was, uh, I want to say, like he was in the original version of the Pat Benatar band with Neil and Pat when they first started out. He's on a lot of those earlier Pat Benatar records. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's he's been around for a while. I mean, he's a longtime drummer. And he obviously is a good musician because he's also a writer. I think he may have even co-written some of those Benatar songs. So that's cool. But he co-wrote this one with Lita. And so this is a song not to be confused with... Uh, the Kiss song, but this is a song called Larger Than Life.
that song actually has a video on YouTube you want to check out because it's a pretty cool video. That song rocks. That's classic leader right there. Yeah, that's good shit, right? Yeah. You know who did the backing vocals on that track? I do not. Jeff Scott Soto, Jolyn Turner. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> All right. Other guests that are going to be there. Pat Gasparini. He is currently the 4 by fate guitar player. So uh, I think Todd plays guitar and keyboards, and Pat plays guitar. Uh, I don't know a lot about Pat. Do you know a lot about Pat? Nothing. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Um, then the Gene Simmons band guys are going to be there, Ryan, Phil, and Jeremy, without Gene Simmons. So I'm sure they'll do probably either something acoustic or – dude, they're just cool to just walk around and hang out. Yeah, I like uh, I like all three of those guys. And, of course, Phil's been on our show before. But I would love to see those guys plug up and play because, you know, they do – Phil and Jeremy do the uh, whole Kiss tribute thing back home in uh, Nashville. So, I mean, they could whip out some cool deep tracks if they wanted to. All of them sing really well, so they could sing the parts if the three of them plugged up. And I guarantee you this, I bet you anything, you're going to see these guys show up on stage with some of these other cats at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're plug-and-play guys. Yeah, they're so versatile. They can play just about anything. They're super talented dudes, and you know they're going to be they're going to be going out and supporting Ace as well as Gene, right, on a tour. Right. So that's right. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see those guys up on stage at some point. I hope they don't just do the acoustic thing. I hope they actually plug in and and let her rip at some point because I'd like to see that. Uh, Carrie Stevens is going to be there, ex-playmate, Eric Carr's girlfriend. I don't know if she's got a book. I'm not exactly sure what she's doing there, but, you know, I guess she's going to be there. Chuck Garrick, who is the bass player for Alice Cooper. So where did uh, that pop up? Because I don't even know that I knew he was coming. And what's yeah. the connection there? I don't know what the connection is, to be honest. I have no idea. I know he's in Bisto Blanco. It's got nothing to do with Kiss. There's a song on his first album. It's called... Vegas Baby Vegas made it on my Vegas playlist because Chuck sings in that band. And he's got kind of a Lemmy voice with, I think it's like Lemmy with more melodic tone, if that makes sense. But I don't know any connection to Kiss at all. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, although he does have a connection to Eric Singer because he was part of the Eric Singer project. He's also, I want to say he's also the original bass player in the rock and roll residency when Phil and Jeremy started that up in Nashville because he's a Nashville guy. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's a Nashville guy. So he's the original guy when those guys first started that thing up. And he's the one that kind of, he bought down Alice and some of the other guys to um, sit in uh, one night on the rock and roll residency. And that's what really exploded that whole Tuesday night thing for them. Yeah. So, cool. And then the last one I got on the list is Rob Afuso, who is currently the drummer for 4 by Fate. Obviously, the ex-drummer is Skid Row. So he's kind of got this weird kiss connection through Fraley's Common, etc. So it's going to be, I mean, this expo, if you think about it, all the members of 4 by Fate, all the members of Fraley's Comet, three-fourths of Union, two-fourths of Vinnie Vincent Evasion, two-fourths of Lita, two-fifths of Slash, two-fourths of 80s Kiss, four-fifths of Eric Singer Project, and the Gene Simmons Band without Gene. I mean, that's a lot of people. 
tons and tons of people, man. That's going to be super cool. So tell me, what do you think we should do? What should Growing Up Rock people do at this expo? Because we're going to be there. We're going to have a table. We'll have the mic set up. We'll be doing some recording. Should we do basically what we did at the Kiss Expo in Atlanta? And if so, what questions should we ask all the fans and some of the, because I hope we can sit down with some of the people that are going to be appearing at this expo and talk to them, even if it's just for a minute. But what questions do you think Grown Up Rock Podcast should ask at the Indie Kiss Expo? I would ask the listeners to go to our Facebook page and let us know. What would you like us to ask people who are at the Indie Kiss Expo? What kind of coverage would you like to see at the Indie Kiss Expo? Yeah, that's a good idea because we're going to have time and it's worth it to get people on tape talking to us. So we want to talk about what you want to talk about. So I guess give us an idea of what you want to talk about. The overall goal, I think, for us is kind of make it seem like you're there. So, I mean, obviously, everybody can't go to Indianapolis and go to this KISS Expo, but there's a billion KISS fans. And this Expo kind of has a little bit for everybody. So, what would you like to see Grown Up Rock Podcast cover? Because we would be interested in hearing from you. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. It's that time again. The second annual Rockin' Pod Expo is taking place on August 25th at the Nashville Palace in Nashville, Tennessee. Rockin' Pod is a day-long expo bringing together over 20 different podcasts from all over North America, recording content throughout the day. We will also be conducting interviews with some of the musicians and industry folks that will be in attendance. There will be various artists and record producer appearances, some taking pictures and signing autographs, informative artist and podcaster discussion panels, and you'll be able to buy some cool stuff from the record and memorabilia vendors. We believe in podcasting platform and we believe that rock and roll is alive and well. We created the Growing Up Rock podcast because we love talking music and we want to share that love of music with people all around the world. The Rock and Pod is a celebration of podcast and music fans from all around the world. The Grown Up Rock podcast is proud to be one of the many participating podcasts in this year's expo. We will be offering up many different perks for those interested in donating to help fund the expo. If you like podcasts and you want to help contribute to this amazing gathering, please go to Nashville Rock, the letter N, podexpo.com for information. Then click on the GoFundMe link and make a donation in the Grown Up Rock name. Or just go to our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock 
and click on the post pinned to the top of the page for Rockin' Pod Perks. Make sure you donate in the name of the Grown Up Rock Podcast. Later. So to play us out, we are going to pick a song off of Skid Row's probably least popular album, I would think. I think uh, those hardcore Skid Row fans love this album. Uh, anybody who thought Skid Row was soft on maybe the first album loves this kind of stuff. My favorite album is probably Slave to the Grind, to be honest with you, because it was a mixture of both. But uh, check this song out as we play out. Uh, it's off a subhuman race. Song's called My Enemy. Rob Afuso had a hand in writing this song. And, you know, sometimes drummers get this thing that they don't write. But he co-wrote four songs on subhuman race. And he co-wrote a couple of songs on each of the first couple albums. So really cool song. And I will let Steven talk about how he feels about My Enemy. And you like this album? Dude, I love this record. There's no okay. I don't have any problems with this record. It's not their least it's their least favorite of the original lineup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so definitely that. But uh they put out some crap after Sebastian left. There's oh, a couple yeah. of couple of records that are good, but there's a couple of records that are shit too. And yeah, I mean, I have no problem with subhuman race. I mean, it took me a little bit of time to get into it. I wasn't into it near as much as the first or the second record. That first or second record to me can do no wrong, but subhuman race is a good, solid, hard uh, record. I mean, it's a heavy metal record for sure. All right. Well, this is a nice little extra episode. Let's check this song out. I guess we'll see you later. Make sure you go to our Facebook page and communicate with us. Tell us what you want us to cover at this Indie Kiss Expo because we're going to be there and we're going to be covering it with or without your help. Get into it, people. All right, that's it for this bonus. We're out of here. Later. Later.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.